Welcome back to Thinking Out Loud, a place to digest audibly the things that we tend to think through silently. I, as always, am your host, Dave Hallahan, and I'm excited to get to today's conversation. We're talking with Heather Loeb about her wrestling with mental health and how God has used freedom from that, brought her into community, and has given her freedom from a lot of the things that she was struggling with and how she's using her story and the stories of other women to encourage those who still feel trapped and who are in need of freedom. And so uh, you can go over to her website, heatherlobe.com. That's in the show notes and she'll talk a little bit more about what she's doing and, and some projects that she has coming out. But I'm excited for you to meet Heather and hear her story. So here she is. All right. I'm here with Heather Loeb. Heather is on to talk a little bit about her website and kind of some projects that she's doing over there with words of freedom and freedom stories. But before we jump into those, how are you doing tonight, Heather? I'm good. How are you, Dave? Good. Uh, Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Well, I am down here in Roanoke, Virginia, which is the kind of southwestern region of the state. It's really close to the Appalachian Mountains. Um, It's beautiful down here. Before that, I lived outside of Philadelphia um, in New Jersey. I lived in Boston for six years. I lived in New York City for a little bit. And um, then I found myself about six and a half years ago down here in Roanoke. And I'm a single mom. I have a little boy who is six and a half years old. And um, I love him. He is like my whole world. Uh, he's wonderful, hilarious, really smart. <laughs> and I um, I work at a college during my day job doing grant writing. But kind of my passion, what I love to do is write and speak to encourage women in their faith. And so I get to do that um, as often as I can on lunch breaks and evenings and weekends, <laughs> whenever I'm not at work yeah. or hanging out with Emmett, my son. So Yeah, that's awesome. So he, you said he's six and a half now? Yes. That's a a crazy world. I, we have, uh, so our, my oldest daughter, Riley, she will be six in April. Um, so it's a fun age. It is a fun age. It is. I gotta be honest. I'm sure your son is, is just a doll. But, uh, (laughs) when I look at boys, the age of my daughters, I'm like, I'm so glad I have girls, not boys. Boys are just crazy and full of energy and they seem to like never stop. That's so funny because when I see little girls his age, I think I'm so glad I have a boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just differences of. I mean, I yeah. have heard that it's a different parenting boys to girls, and you and I don't know this because you only have girls and I only have a boy. But right. um, Emmett is um, a little different, I think, from other kids his age because he's very he's pretty subdued. He's really smart. He's really introspective, and um, he can sit down in front of a pile of Legos or connects or train tracks and just kind of build this whole creative town. And, um, he, I don't know, he just kind of gets in the zone and he's, he's pretty easy actually, which is good. Yeah. yeah. I got a knock on it. I'm sure it'll be hard eventually, but 
Yeah, I keep saying that about Riley that she'll get me on the back end, but this front end has been pretty easy for sure. Like every every night around dinner, I'm like, "Where is Riley?" and she's just in cleaning her room. And it's like, "Oh, oh okay. What a I, guess, I guess that's what you guess that's what you wanted to do tonight." Um so you said you lived you lived kind of all over the eastern seaboard here yep. between like the New Jersey, Philadelphia area, New York, Boston, Virginia. Uh, where have you enjoyed the most? Oh, that's a good question. I loved New England when I lived up in the Boston area because there were all these really right. sweet little seaside towns up there with cute coffee shops and boutiques. And you could just literally walk five minutes and be at the ocean. Um, so I loved that. And I loved New England Falls, but I didn't like the winters up there. Yeah. So yeah. I do really yeah. like where we are now because we're in the midst of the Appalachian Trails. I actually have a story about uh, from when you were up in the Boston area because you went to Gordon. Yes, that's right. Um, right. So do you remember the first time you met my wife, Leah? Or maybe it might be the only time you met Leah. Didn't she study abroad in the same program that I did like a year or a semester before me? Yeah. Yes. So she she studied in Italy. Uh, she was going to Messiah, but they had like a joint program with Gordon. And so she studied abroad in Italy. and. I, I don't know how soon after that it was, a few years after, but um, it was actually at a Gunzapalooza, which you know what that means and I know what that means, but uh, so many people won't know what that I means. I can't but we had to a, describe a, this. <laughs> I'm just going to say we had a friend whose name, nickname was Guns, and he would have a party at his house every summer uh, called Gunzapalooza. But, so you were there, and uh, she was my girlfriend at the time, but Leah was there. And she was like, someone, I introduced you to her, someone introduced you to her. <clears throat> and uh, she was like, Heather Loeb. Oh, you're Nick Hanlon's girlfriend. And at that point, you were not Nick Hanlon's <laughs> girlfriend. You're like, uh, well, we broke up. And she just felt like a, uh, she was, obviously, that was an awkward situation. Probably not so much for you, but for her. Oh, um, that's so funny. But I don't I, remember that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when, right, because I'm sure it really probably didn't mean much to you, uh, but her not knowing that made it awkward for her. But so when I, I actually, I told her, I was like, yeah, I'm going to talk to Heather Loeb. And she's like, oh man, uh, because I think she still like has residual embarrassment from that. Oh, that's funny. I, um, I remember from Guns of Palooza, I thought the story you were going to tell is the, the yard game uh -oh. that we used to play where we like yeah, jumped yeah. on each other's backs and everybody, it was just so much fun. Um, so, yeah. And I buck, think buck. I remember Leah from that. I don't remember this, this painful okay. memory. So <laughs> good, good. good. You just have happy memories yeah. of her. That's good. But yeah, we, we love the Boston area too, because her time studying abroad was with a lot of people who were from that area at Gordon. And so we've been up there for a couple different weddings from uh, girls that she had studied abroad with and favorite major city that I, I've been to. So uh, Heather, you had posted something on Facebook. It was actually, it was a video of you singing. Um, and uh, it led me to your website and I was just kind of looking around there and I saw these um, these freedom stories as, as you have them called there. Um, so why don't you tell us just a little bit about what those are and kind of what led you to uh, start putting yeah. those out there? Thanks for asking about them. They make my heart really happy. And it's something that I honestly did not think of on my own. I feel like it's one of those gems where like, 
I, I don't have those conversations with God often where I hear him tell me what to do, but this was one of those things where I really feel like right. he put this in my hands and entrusted me with it. And I have been such a, so blessed to um, be able to serve my readers and the readers of these other women in this way. But freedom stories um, are a weekly post that I do on my website where I highlight a woman um, some of most of them I actually don't know in real life. I've just connected with through my writing community or through social media. Um, but they're women. Okay. Yeah, that's I, awesome. They're women who have found freedom um, through Christ or authentic community in in a specific area of their life or many areas of their life. And I ask them to tell the story about how they came to find that freedom. And this is because I personally didn't. I almost didn't believe that freedom was possible for me from some of the things that I used to struggle with. And then through hmm. Christ and authentic community, I found hope and I found um, my identity in the Lord in a way that t- completely yeah. transformed everything about five years ago. And so I know that when I share my story and I, I talk on social media or my website, there are certain categories of things that I can talk about and I know that people resonate with, but there are a whole other host of areas that I think women need to be encouraged that A, they're not alone, right? and B, that there is hope for them. And I, as a professing Christian and someone who walks with the Lord, I know that ultimately that freedom is going to be found through Christ. Um, there's a lot of other avenues we can look to to try to help us. But I believe that the fullest yeah. freedom we're ever going to experience is through him. So I wanted to find other examples of women who found that to be true also. So that's how Freedom Stories came to be. Awesome. In a short snapshot of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. And I think um, such a, a powerful, powerful thing. And I think something that, you know, all of us go through that we all, we mm-hmm. do look for our identity and we look for freedom from things that we feel trapped in in a variety of different ways and you know absolutely we may we may find some short fixes um a lot of those if not all of those short fixes ended up end up just being uh traps of their own that we get stuck in and then they kind of enslave us and that true freedom that i think we're all looking for is found in christ and so i think that's awesome that you're kind of on the other side of that not that you or any of us are are finished projects but Mm -hmm. that you found that freedom and you are kind of giving voice to other women who have found that and hopefully uh, laying out even, you know, a roadmap for people who feel stuck that mm. they can find freedom as well. That's my hope. I hope that yeah. it lets them know that there's a way um, to move forward. So so you said about five years ago is when, is that when you had the idea for this or is that just kind of uh, in your own story where God started to work to free you? Definitely where God started to work to free me. Um, in high school, well, I, I guess I'll start back a little bit further than that. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, and I was the oldest of three. I was a perfectionist from a really young age. And for some reason, I kind of absorbed this idea that as a Christian, um, I needed to make sure that other people knew my testimony through the way that I acted, and that as bright of a light as I could be, the more powerful it would be to point others to Christ. I look back on that and I think I did it totally in the wrong way um, of just (laughs) trying to show other people how different I was from them in a very prideful way. But honestly, what it was was more of a mask. I think I like just learned Mm -hmm. how to cover up 
the hard parts of my story or my life because I didn't think that if other people saw them, they'd believe that Christ had saved me. And right. so um, my senior year of high school, I don't think anyone would have known from the outside because I was I was this happy, cheerful person on the outside. I was like student council president and homecoming queen and the lead in the play. But I was really, really struggling with depression and anxiety. Hmm. I didn't know that that's what the, that was at the time. I just knew something didn't feel right. And I started right. to kind of have um, some ideas and thoughts about just like wishing I could escape. And I remember talking to my parents about it and I think they just did the best that they could at the time, but they just basically said it would be best if I kind of kept that to myself because they didn't want other people (laughs) to worry about me. Um, Right. And now I see like, wow, it would have been so helpful for me to hear that someone else had been through that or to put words to what I was going through. Um, But because I kept it inside, I just stuffed it and I pushed it down and, I think in college, I started seeing a counselor and recognized, okay, this is depression. This is anxiety. This is OCD. Um, And that was really helpful for me to have language to go with it. But I still thought I was the only Christian who struggled with mental health issues. And then um, about five years ago, I kind of hit a breaking point um, or a rock bottom, if you will. Um, I got married really young at a time when I really didn't know who I was. And I think I was just looking for someone else to make me feel whole and Mm -hmm. um, to kind of cover up and fix a lot of my issues for me. But we're all humans and we all have our own issues. And in that marriage, I think we both just kind of were looking to each other to fix each other's problems and, I don't want to get into the details of that because that involves another person's story. But ultimately, right, um, right. I and I landed in um, a recovery meeting. I'm I'm not someone who struggles with chemical addiction, but someone else that was closer to me in my life was. So I went to a group meeting to um, try to kind of help this other person. And what I found when I walked in five years ago was a room full of people who were talking about their brokenness. And it was the first time I'd ever been around Christians, professing professing Christians, because this is a Christ-based recovery program called Celebrate Recovery, um, that were saying, hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with. And there was a whole spectrum of issues, and it was so refreshing and, like, honestly life-changing to hear that I wasn't alone. And I saw these other people that were walking in freedom and hope. And I wanted what they had. I wanted like that community right. where I could take my mask off and I wanted to find healing from a lot of the deep depression I'd carried around and some of the wounds for my marriage. And now stepping into like divorce and single motherhood, I needed that support around me. Um, and so about five years ago, God started really working on me to strip away the layers of everything I'd built my identity around like gently show me where I had built my identity for decades, like, well, two decades, but it's felt like a long time of, you know, building this identity around this perfect image and this people pleasing that was very unhealthy. So it was an identity that was based on other people's opinions of me and relationships, which if you think about it, those things are always changing and they're not 
steady or stable. What one person thinks of me today might build me up and what someone else says about me tomorrow might tear me down. Um, it's not like a solid anchor to build a life on. So I've learned a lot over the last couple of years about who God is and then who he says I am and how much more of a steady place that is to build my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll stop talking for a minute because that was a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it was all good. And, you know, that's awesome to hear. And I think that story alone, I think, uh, frees people up a lot to, uh, to just some misconceptions that I think a lot of people have, you know, that being a Christian and following Christ is about having it all together that Mm. we can't, we can't show our cracks. Um, we can't let people know that, that we are broken. And, and that, that comes across to people who are broken that, well, they're not welcome, that they're not Mm. allowed in, that they have to fix themselves before they can enter into this community. Um, if they even want to, because based on, on that impression, they may just be like, well, you know, I'm never, I'm never going to be that. So, so why would I even try to, to do that? Um, and there are plenty of people who, you know, who are going to church every Sunday and are a part of groups, um, Bible studies or whatever, who they are stuck in that. I need to be better that I need to at least, Mm. you know, and it's a silent battle because you put up this front that I'm okay, that I'm good, but secretly you're like, I need to fix all of this stuff. And why do I feel this way? Yeah. And, you know, this, this joy that people are talking about, I, I am, I think I'm good at faking that, but like, I wish I could feel that on the inside, you know, yeah. I wish that were, were the reality that, uh, that I was living with. So mm. I, I love that. I don't love that you went through that, but I love that God has, uh, used that and is using you, uh, to, to kind of put that, those story, your story out there and other stories out there that uh, people can can hold on to. Thanks, um, yeah, you you had mentioned, um, you know, you went to a, a recovery group and you have mentioned uh, earlier just kind of part of what God used to help you out of that was authentic community. Mm-hmm. Where did you find that? Where have you found uh, authentic community? Did you keep going to the recovery group or uh, did you find a community somewhere else? I um, I did keep going to the recovery group. I'm out now on the leadership team there. And um, okay. I so I've gone faithfully for five, almost six years, and I lead um, a women's step study. Um, so that means that we work our way through the 12 steps over the course of a year through workbooks. And so I literally like I love recovery ministry. I like am so passionate about yeah. it because I really think that that's where God can bring a lot of transformation. It's a great tool, um, especially when you're in yeah. a program that recognizes Christ as the higher power, because that's not necessarily the same for a lot of recovery groups um, that are a little more mm-hmm. secular. But that's OK, because I think there's a lot of healing for those people, too. I just really love this one. But I think that being involved in that group, um, I got to see what people look like when they're authentic. And you can tell the difference, right? Mm. You can see when someone's, especially now, I was a faker before. And now that I'm living more authentically (laughs) and I've been around these women that are women and men that are more authentic, I really have a hard time with people who won't go below the surface. Like if I have several conversations with someone and I never find out more than like their kids' names and what kind of coffee they like, 
it's a lot harder to get to know them on that deep level. But when I sit down with someone and yeah. they say like someone and they, they say, tell me your story. Or if I say that to them and they, they just right away go for it and they tell me these are the things I struggle with or what I have struggled with in the past or here's what I'm wrestling through right now. I always think to myself, this is my kind of person. Um, or if I'm in a Bible yeah. study and people give prayer requests and they they give a little bit deeper answers than just, oh, I don't read my Bible enough, which is a struggle in of itself. Right. But if someone can get a little bit more real and say, I'm really struggling right now yeah. with gossip or with um, drinking too much or, you know, literally whatever the thing is, it's a little bit right. below that surface level. I like to seek out people like that because I can see that they're willing to be honest with themselves and with other people. And usually if they're yeah. in... Even even friends that are not necessarily walking in faith, but th- are just willing to kind of stick with you through the hard stuff. I think those are the kinds of right. authentic friends and community that I want around me. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, at, at my church, part of, I, I work mainly with like the youth and uh, mm-hmm. young adults. And one thing that I think they are uh, especially attuned to is fakers. Um, and, and part of that might actually be because, I, at least for me, at that age, everyone kind of is faking. Like in yeah. your close friends, <laughs> you know, like you you might be yourself, but everyone is, you're trying to figure out who you are. And so you know what it's like to try on different personas. And so you can see that mm. in other people pretty well. So I yeah. know uh, working with that age group um, has really wired me uh to to desire authenticity as well and to to try to practice it as best i can and uh as i've been with the church for a while i've started working uh, with the small group ministry and we're trying to grow that a little bit i one of the things i want to see is you know vulnerability and mm-hmm. if we can get people together to pray for one another then i think a, a lot will happen from that you know yeah. if you can't that's not the only thing small groups can be cuz not a lot of people will sign up to like pray for each other but if you can <laughs> get to a point where that is happening then i think you know you you've gone somewhere and even you know in in youth group in 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 those areas when we are praying for each other like like you had said when people are willing to like get real with what they need and where they're struggling that stands out because you know most I feel like most of the prayer requests that I hear are like not even for themselves. They're for someone else, Yeah, which, which is good. Like I get it. You know, your heart is in the right place and you're, you're concerned for that, this person, but what about your, what about you? Like what, what do you need? Um, I know I've tried, I've tried to practice that and I know uh, I can definitely be better at that, but Mm. I want to just be when people, you know, there are still social uh, settings where a hey how are you good and keep walking <laughs> i'm gonna do that <laughs> from time to time you don't want to spill your guts every but, time someone asks you how you are <laughs> right right yeah. but you know i try to look for those opportunities where when someone asks hey can i pray for you yes and here's mm-hmm. what it is you know my whatever being a dad is really hard this week yes. and or or whatever it is like i'm struggling with my patience or you know i'm whatever the thing is like i want to be as honest as i can because because i think if the leadership of the church can do that 
then that creates elbow room Absolutely. for everyone else, you know, that, um, well, they're honest, they're real. And so I can be too, that home. they don't have yeah. it all together. Yeah. Yeah. For There's sure. a book that I read that I really, really love. It's, um, the author is Dr. Brene Brown. Have you heard of her? Yeah, yeah. So yep. she actually, um, her main research is about vulnerability and shame and living authentically and how shame keeps us from okay. being vulnerable. But she has yeah. this one book in particular that I love that's also been really helpful for me over the last couple of years called Daring Greatly. Okay. And there's this quote in there that says, um, vulnerability begets vulnerability. And it's basically that same thing that you were just talking about when you're with someone that's willing to go first or willing to kind of set that tone, yeah. it makes that elbow room or that space for other people to feel safe yeah. to open up to. Um, so I don't know. I just want to like say, yay, good job for trying to be <laughs> yeah, that way. Yeah. Um, and I know there is definitely like, like you said, a time and a place for it. And sometimes too, the other thing is trying to find that balance between spilling your guts, mm. figuring out who your inner circle of people are to right. share those hard right. things with. Or like I've also heard of people sharing from scars versus wounds. Right. Like wounds are really wide open and gaping and kind of painful and yeah, messy. Yeah. Scars are healed over. So a lot of things that I share now are more from those scars. Right. With my close friends, I'll share the wounds. Right. Um, and with my counselor, or my small group, I'll share the wounds. But um, so I think it's like finding that balance yeah. in vulnerability too. Yeah, for sure. I think there there's wisdom in that that, and that's where community comes in. That if mm. if if all of your relationships are acquaintance level or are um, just you know who follows you on social media or whatever, it's hard to share. You're either gonna share your wounds with everyone. And and then never really heal because that's being reopened and reopened and reopened. Yes. Or you're going to have a, a close-knit community that they can help you heal. And then you're able to share from your scars. Vulnerability is, is so important. And I think, uh, I think we're getting there with a place where as a culture, we are starting to value and to practice vulnerability. Uh, I think for some, there is... Uh, a tendency or a draw to go too far the mm -hmm. other way where it's like, we're just going to put our business out there for <laughs> everyone. Um, but like we had said, you know, there, you need to have a, a smaller, closer community that can help you to heal. And then um, as those wounds heal, then you're able to share from the scars, like you said, where it's not as painful. It's a memory. It's something that God has brought you through, but you're not in the middle of that pain. And so you're able to share from a healthier place. Yes. Uh, so hopefully uh, we will continue to move in that direction. I know in my life, it's something that I pray that God will continue to uh, grow in me and use me even to uh, to be an example for that and to give courage and elbow room for others to do the mm -hmm. same. And through through your uh, through your website and through your writing, through your speaking, I, I know that God is using you in that, and I, I I'm sure you hope He continues yes. <laughs> to do so, um, and I trust that He will. Uh, I'm curious um what is it about uh women's ministry specifically or or sharing these stories with women uh, that drew you in that direction was it just being a woman yourself or do you think that this struggle is uh has some unique qualities when it comes to women that's a really good question dave and i actually as you say that i'm thinking like 
Maybe we need some freedom stories for men on there too. Maybe they need to see it's okay to be vulnerable. I don't know. I don't know much about what men, um, like how they struggle with this area, but I do know that women in particular, um, there, so there's so many women that are working their way through a variety of issues. And a lot of times if we don't know that we can talk about them, we just keep them inside and we suffer silently. And I think because of that recovery work, because of the people, the connections I've made on social media, I'm more tapped into what those issues are for women. So I've hosted probably right, 25 right. women on these freedom stories that cover all different kinds of topics like grief after miscarriages and disordered eating. Hmm. And um, a friend of mine recently shared her story of gray area drinking. So it wasn't full-blown alcoholism, but it definitely had become unhealthy. And you would not believe how many women said, oh my right. gosh, me too. I didn't know that other people struggle with that. Hmm. Um, and there's singleness yeah. and um, infertility, like a lot of different issues that I can't particularly speak on, but I know that there are other women out there who need to hear those stories. If I knew more about um, yeah. some guys that were willing to kind of share from their perspective <laughs> too, it'd be great to have that. But I, I think I just want to see a group yeah. of women like rising up to say like, it's okay to own our weakness because Christ's power is made perfect in that. And, um, and to support each other. Like we don't have to do this on our own. So I definitely have a heart for women, for women's ministry, but I, I want to see men walking in freedom too. So I'm not gender biased. (laughs) (laughs) No. And and nor am I for asking the question. I just, uh, I was curious and uh, I think, you know, I, I haven't read all of them, but I was, you know, reading through some of them and uh, I was able to to take stuff from it. So, mm. you know, I, you are having women share their stories, but uh, if there are men who head over in that direction, I think there is something certainly that, that men can take from it. And, you know, there, there certainly are different struggles uh, for men. There are probably a lot that are the same as well. Mm. Um, and then different hurdles that men would have to, to get over to, uh, to be able to get to a place where they can be vulnerable, where they can be honest, both with themselves, but also with others. Um, but I, I do, I really appreciate, uh, what you're doing. Uh, where, where can people find these stories? Thanks for asking. Um, my website is www.heatherlobe.com. And there's a tab right at the top that says freedom stories. Um, and I also have some worksheets on there that are free. Um, if you kind of want to figure out like what I know I'm struggling, but I can't even pinpoint the area. Um, I have kind of a series of worksheets with some prayers in them that help you kind of identify an area that you want to find freedom and then some very first baby steps to move in that direction. So, um, you can find those there too. Cool. Very cool. And I'll I'll put the, your website in the show notes, uh, for the podcast episode. So people can kind of just click over to there. Um, I saw the other day that you're working on like a, uh, a collaborative book. Is that, is that true? Yes. So I'm working on a collaborative book with about 12 other women, um, that, kind of taps into some of what we've been talking about. I can't share too many details publicly yet, but okay. in about a month or yeah, two, yeah. we're going to be publishing it. Um, and I'll be able to okay. give you the the details. Um, but it's very much trying to build up women to believe and walk in truth of the gospel um, in a very society cool. where that can kind of be a little bit fuzzy about what that looks like. Okay. And I yeah. am writing my cool. own book too, which is exciting. I'm working on writing a book um, 
towards women who've been in broken relationships to to understand that the redemptive love of Christ applies to them too when they see themselves as yeah. broken. So cool. lots of fun stuff coming. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes open and either I'll have to have you back on when those are out and available or at the very least, just let me know and I'll, I'll help spread the word for sure. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks, Heather. I appreciate you coming on and uh, good luck with all the projects that are coming on and uh, keep on doing what you're doing with the Freedom Stories. Thank you. Keep on doing what you're doing with Thinking Out Loud. I love it so far. So good. Thank you so much, Heather, for coming on. I just, again, I just love what she's doing with the Freedom Stories. I love the message that she's putting out there that we don't have to suffer alone. Uh, I think our vulnerability can lead to our healing, but it can also lead to the healing of others. And we need to find ourselves to be in good community. Uh, And so wherever you can find that community, I encourage you to find it, whether it's a local church or it's a support group or recovery group or just a group of friends that gets together regularly. I would just love to see you all be encouraged that way and to to be able to heal from whatever your wounds are, to be able to be freed from whatever it is that enslaves you. Uh, There really is a message of hope out there and that hope is found in community, but ultimately it's found in the message of Jesus Christ. And so I love what Heather is doing and encourage you to head over to her website and to check out the freedom stories and to be on the lookout for the books that she has coming out if you've yet to subscribe to our show i encourage you to do that to leave us a rate and review as well and to share with friends so that they can uh, come on board the thinking out loud train and they can think out loud with us and be a part of this community thank you as always to lowercase people for their contributions as well as ministry crate and their contributions to the show until next time